Welcome to another episode of the Client Experience Architect Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hoskins, and it's my passion to guide you through crafting unique experiences for your clients to help you both maximize the value you bring and create a sales force of ranting, raving fans out there promoting your business. It's my pleasure to bring you businesses who are crushing it with intentional experiences and dive into valuable insights that you can implement into your business after listening. Let's dive in. On this episode, I sit down with Nathan Hirsch, owner of FreeUp. FreeUp gives business owners fast access to a hand-picked network of top freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, web development, and much more who have already been vetted for skill, attitude, and communication. This was a really great conversation, a lot of good nuggets in here. I hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I did. Listen in on my conversation with Nathan Hirsch. All right, Nathan. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, sure. So let, let's begin by diving a little bit into your story, You know how you've gotten to where you are now. Kind of give us a little bit of context around that. Sure. So growing up, my parents were both teachers and I was kind of in that mentality that I would go to college, get a real job, work for 40 years, retire, and, and that was going to be my life. And, and that was their life. And I mean, they're actually retired now and crushing it. It's a good lifestyle, but <laughs> I quickly learned now that um, I learned back then that that wasn't for me. And, and that when I learned it, I was working 40 hour a week summer jobs while all my friends were outside playing. And I learned a ton about sales and customer service and managing people. But I also learned just how much I hated working for someone else. I would hmm. watch the clock every day. To, I couldn't wait to get out of there. So when I got to college, I kind of looked at it as a ticking clock. I had four years to start a business or I was going to get thrown into the real world and be miserable for the next 30. So sure. I started uh, hustling. I started buying and selling people's textbooks. Um, this was 2008 and I found a website called Amazon. No one really knew what Amazon was or, or what it would become. And I started selling books on there and they slowly became more than a bookstore. And I started experimenting with home goods and sporting equipment and, and DVDs and computer games. I just kept trying every little thing to get it to work. And I finally found baby products. So mm. if you can imagine me as a 20 year old single college guy selling baby products on Amazon, that was me. And, and I was crushing it. I mean, we sold like a million dollars the first year and wow. it was just making more money than any college kid should. And I was growing this Amazon business and no one knew what Amazon was. And it was kind of a crazy time. People thought I was running some scam and, and I was <laughs> growing this business. And as I, was growing, I thought, hey, I, I should probably pay taxes. And I met with an accountant. And the first question he asked was, when are you going to hire your first person? And that was kind of the, the moment that, that I woke up and was like, oh my God, I need to start hiring people. And mm. I start getting crushed working 20 hours a day, trying to fill every order and answer. I jump into the hiring world. And, and from my hiring experiences, good and bad, I, I found, I decided to build my own marketplace based on those experiences to, because I couldn't find something that was as fast as I wanted it to be. I didn't want to go through 50 applicants every time I wanted to hire a freelancer or a virtual assistant or an agency. So sure. that's kind of the, the short, maybe longer story of how I went from a broke college kid to starting my first business to eventually trying to build a marketplace. 
Yeah, no, and that's exciting to kind of hear how that that ironic kind of college kid, you know, baby, <laughs> baby <laughs> items type story. And so, so that led you. I mean, talk a little bit about what your business is now. Kind of give our listeners for those of uh, for those of them who don't know what free up is or what kind of a, a freelancer online type uh, outsourcing marketplace looks like. Give them a little bit of context on that. Yeah, well, we live as a, in a pretty crazy time as an entrepreneur. I mean, 10 to 20 years ago, you had to hire someone in your town or the towns around you for 40 hours a week, and you didn't have a lot of flexibility, and you competed with all the business owners for that same talent. And we live in a time where there are virtual assistants and freelancers, specialists, experts, consultants, agencies all over the world, different skill sets, price points. You can hire full-time, part-time, project-based, and, and it just gives you a lot of freedom as an entrepreneur. And and I learned this by opening up an office and having a bad experience and eventually mm. getting rid of an office and making it entirely remote again. And I just got sick of going to Upwork and Fiverr and I post a job there, get hundred people to apply, interview them one by one. And it just took me three weeks to, to identify someone and I needed someone that day. So I kept looking for something faster, something faster, and I, I couldn't find it. So I built it myself. And that's really the concept of FreeUp. We get thousands of applicants every week from all over the world. We vet them for skill, attitude, communication, take the top 1%, let them in, and then make them available quickly to clients whenever they need them with 24-7 support and a no turnover guarantee. If someone does quit in the middle of a project, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that, that's kind of how we differentiate ourselves, that pre-vetting, the speed, which is so important as an entrepreneur, time is everything. Uh, the customer service and the protection. That's awesome. So take us through, you know, I'm sure there's been an evolution. So, you know, as you know, this is the client experience architect podcast. How can you create, you know, unique client experience? How do you, how do you do that? So I'm sure there's been an evolution. Can you kind of walk us through, you know, you start free up, what does the client experience look like then? And then kind of take us through that evolution and to what it is, what it looks like now. Yeah, so it kind of started off as I had my own Rolodex of Amazon freelancers that I had used on and off that I knew I could trust. I knew they were good at what they did. And, and I had a minimum viable product just talking to people saying, hey, what if I got you to access to talent quickly? And people are like, yeah, that's a great idea. All right, I need a customer service person. I need someone to list products. I need someone for PPC. And, and I would introduce them via, via Skype, via email, mm -hmm. and just do that, make that personal introduction from people I just knew from memory. And I had a developer that I had used with my Amazon business. He whipped up a very basic time clock software that just pretty much logged hours and, and everything else was manual. Mm. People could start time, end time, and would give us a little report at the end of each week that, that we would build it. That was it. That was the entire client experience. Wow. Skype or email me for a freelancer <laughs> and we'll introduce you. Um, from there, people really liked the service and we created a referral program where people get 50 cents for every hour that we build to someone forever. Um, if they come from you or come from your podcast or whatever it is. And then we implemented that, which was another level that, that people liked. And from there, we started getting more money coming in. So we mm. upgraded our software. We added a, a client portal where they can log in and actually submit a request in the portal. And we needed more freelancers. So we started posting jobs and promoting free ops. So we started getting applications. So we needed a, a vetting team to go through and interview all these people and, and put them through our process. And over time, we, we added a lot more to the software, a, a ticketing system so clients can keep track of their requests and they get custom emails with the freelancers' contact information right there for them. And 
they can track their referrals inside the software and now the billing and the payments in there. And so it, it definitely went from pretty much nothing, just a, an introduction from Nate to a whole software that people log into and submit requests and manage everything and view their billing and check their referrals. And, and I mean, we're adding lots of stuff now where we have fixed price coming. We have freelancer affiliate links going out. Um, we have, we just redid our, our dashboard on the client side. We're redoing it on the freelancer side. So mm. it's it really come a long way. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you figure out what changes need to be made. Like, how do you know where you need to innovate? How do you know, you know, what things to, you know, put into place like that? How are you, is that feedback from your customers? Is that, you know, from the freelancer side? Is it from the client side? How, how are you kind of getting that feedback and, and then going through and putting those into place? Yeah. So if you think of a business as a, as a funnel, so you got like the, the leads coming into the top and then can you still hear me? Sorry, the internet, yeah, sure. getting a message of the internet's wacky. Just want to make sure. So you got a funnel, you got the leads coming in. Um, and then on the outside of the funnel, you've got like referrals and all this stuff coming out. So on the getting out there side, we do a pretty good job. We're on a lot of podcasts. We do lead generation, we run ads and, and all that stuff in our referral program. So that's how people get in. And then it's all about that experience to get to the actual hire. And, and we know that we're a unique marketplace. If you're used to Fiverr, you're used to Upwork, you're used to other places, there are parts that, that can be confusing. And, and we're obviously using our own software. We don't have a $100 million software budget. So then it really becomes how can we get clarity going down the funnel? How can we make it as clear as possible, make sure people's questions are answered, that there's no confusion um, and all of that. So a lot of that is feedback, listening to the mm. clients to the freelancers and we, we've kind of created that atmosphere where feedback is just encouraged we love it we want to improve and we're always writing stuff down and it, it's kind of cool when we hear feedback from a client and then a week later it's implemented and they're like whoa like this is awesome like thanks sure so, much for that. so <laughs> that's really the kind of atmosphere that we try to create that's incredible okay so let's take a step back what do you think is most important to your clients so, and I kind of want to ask that on both sides because you kind of have a freelancer experience, but you also have a client experience. So if you can touch on what do you think is most important to your clients and then what do you think is more important to your, or most important to your freelancers? Yeah, it's a great point. And we know that freelancers, they can go anywhere, right? They can offer their services on a million different platforms. So we want to make it so, that, so they like ours. And What's funny is that clients and freelancers seem to like very similar things. I mean, mm. clients, they don't want to interview 50 different people and freelancers, they don't want to interview with 50 different clients. They want to get access to jobs quickly. They want to spend more time working and less time interviewing, very similar to the clients. They want to just get matched up with someone that speed is super important. They want to do that quick 10 to 15 minute interview and get started on the back end. Customer service, super important. I mean, we, we want to impress clients and press freelancers, people that message our live chat or our Skype and our email that get instant responses. We, we want that wow factor where mm. someone says, hey, you know what? I, I didn't like that, that graphic designer that you sent me. They, the, the, for, they didn't meet my personal preference, let's say, which isn't necessarily my fault or the graphic designer's fault. No sure. problem. Here's a, here's a $25 credit. Here's a, a new, here's two other graphic designers. Let us know if you like them. Just boom, boom, how can we resolve it? How can we make sure you're happy? And I mean, freelancers, there's always going to be people that are using our software the first time, let's say, for example, and maybe they get a little bit confused. And instead of waiting on live chat, they get an instant response saying, oh, don't worry, like, this is how you do it. Like, let me know if you need anything else. And that's really the kind of experience that we have where 
we just have people's back at all times. We're not, we're not necessarily swayed one way or the other. We, we just want everyone to have a great experience and we're going to do everything possible to make sure that happens and everyone's treated fair. Sure. So as you're scaling up and as you're growing, obviously, I think I'm seeing some rapid expansion and rapid growth on your side. How are you keeping that at the forefront of your mind? How are you, what systems are you putting in place? What people are you putting in place to ensure that you continue to give that level of service, regardless of how you know, big you scale? Yeah, I mean, we grew from a million dollars to $5 million to $9 million last year. So we've been growing at a, at a pretty good pace and we recognize that. And one thing that we kind of preach to our internal team and I mean, all our day-to-day operations outsource to the Philippines, all our high level stuff is freelancers on our platform and, and, and agencies on our platform as well is we just preach that, that customer service experience that no matter how big we get, we, we don't want to lose that personal feel, the connections we have with the clients, with the freelancers, we don't want to lose hearing people out and getting feedback. And if mm. someone doesn't like something we're doing, we'll, we want to know about it. We're, we're not going to get upset. We're going to do our best to fix it. Um, so that's kind of what we did. I mean, in terms of hiring more people, the probably about two-thirds of the way through last year, we hired eight new customer service reps. And we, there's a lot of intense training and onboarding that, that just goes along with that, that to make sure that they're, they're kind of up to par. And, and I kind of had that Facebook post. I, I don't even like, hey, bear with us for the next 60 days. We got some new people. They're going to be going through some stuff. They're going to be learning. Like me and my team leaders are going to be there to correct our mistakes. But after that, it's going to get right back to that high level experience. And we tried to communicate that to everyone across the board. Hopefully people accepted it. And then it took Mm -hmm. time to get them rolling and we got it right back up to where we were before. That's awesome. Well, that's a cool way to kind of systematize that and make sure that you're good to go regardless of how big you scale and not to mention you have a whole, you know, pool of freelancers that you can, that you basically created that you can choose from as well, which is super cool. Exactly. So how do you know who your ideal clients are or whenever you were starting free up, how did you know who that person was or who that business was that you could provide the most value to? So what I learned from my Amazon business is you can't, you can't sell everything, right? You can't sell every type of product. You, you want to niche down. And with, with FreeUp, we kind of had that same mentality. We wanted to start with what we were familiar with. We wanted to start with Amazon sellers. And once we got pretty good into the Amazon community, the higher level influencers knew us, were promoting us, they got bigger and bigger clients, we said, okay, we'll expand to e-commerce, the Shopify sellers, the eBay, the Walmarts. And there's some overlap there, but we can branch out to e-commerce. And from there, it's okay. Do we go after every business in the world or do we continue to, to mm. target? So we open it up to the marketing community. We're sponsoring traffic and conversion this year. We're working, going on a lot nice. of agency podcasts and, and getting into that. And, and I mean, for us, we're really focused on e-commerce and marketing. That's where we spend our time going after. We know our ideal clients probably in that one to $10 million a year range. And we have some that are do way more and some that do less, but it's probably ideal. And then everything else kind of feeds off that. We get referrals into real estate. We'll occasionally go on a software podcast. And, but we just keep our main target on our two target markets. Interesting. Good stuff. Okay, so I want to take a step back and kind of get to know a little bit more about you and kind of, you know, pull, pull a little bit apart from your business. So yeah. what's, what's been a favorite challenge of yours? And you might have already talked about it, but a favorite challenge of yours that's actually set you up for later success. Uh, that has nothing to do with business. Well, it could, or it doesn't have to. Either way, whatever you think, however you want to answer. 
Sure. So, so one thing that I, I, all right. So growing up when I was in high school, I was kind of a, I was not like the best athlete, but I played a lot of sports. I did wrestling. I played baseball. I, I did cross country. And then you go to college and you kind of let that go a little bit. You go, you get out of college. I was running this business and it's easy to, to work 50 hours plus a week and, and kind of party and have a great time. And I really kind of get, got back into that fitness mentality where I hired a personal trainer for a year and just mm. got way back into shape, probably the best shape of my life. It was actually probably more than a year. And even then after my trainer moved away, I mean, I'm doing really hard one hour workouts, 445 every day. And I've almost found that it's like that stress reliever at the end of the day. I mean, mm. I, I, before we were chatting what my schedule is today, and it's pretty crazy. And I probably have been up since six, six thirty. Sure. Uh, but just that ability to stay in shape, know that your body is being taken care of it as well as your mind, I think is so important as an entrepreneur. And I hope it sets me up later in life. I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> that's kind of the mentality that I have. Sure. Cool. So do you have a, a quote or, or something that you kind of live your life by that kind of guides you in the right direction or in a direction? So my, my mom always used to say, work hard, play hard. And that's really the mentality that I take in life. If I'm out with my friends, I'm trying to focus on that and having a great time. If I'm working on the business, I'm going all out all the time. If I'm going in sports, I'm super competitive. I'm at the gym, I'm in focus laser mode. And I don't know how long I can sustain that, but that, that's kind of the mentality that, that I've been in that I've been able to do to just have success in different aspects of life. And it, it's really, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go all out and hustle to the extreme, but it really means to, to focus and just do your best on everything you're doing, whether it's personal fitness for, for your brain, for your business, whatever it is. I love it. Cool. So let's go back to pre-college, Nate, you know, kind of you're thinking through it, you're 20 year old, you're 20, you're 18 to 20 year old. What would you tell him? Would you tell him to do anything different? Would you tell him to kind of focus on something else? What would you kind of sit down and tell your 20 year old self or around that age? So, so it's kind of funny. My, my parents were, were both teachers. I mentioned we were definitely not poor, but we, my dad taught at the high school next to us. I lived in East Longmeadow. He taught in Longmeadow. I went to school in Longmeadow. So people in East Longmeadow were middle-class people in Longmeadow. Every parent was doctor, lawyer, dentist, successful business owner. And so growing up, than I had. They get every PlayStation, Xbox, amazing cars, huge houses and all that. So growing up as a kid, you kind of want that, right? And, and you kind of money becomes the, the focus. And I think when I became an entrepreneur, it was money, money, how much money can I make? How much can I go in the door? How much is your bank account going up? And I think from, from running my Amazon business, which was a lot of fun at the beginning, I kind of lost passion for it after a while. I mean, I was selling baby products, which I wasn't <laughs> passionate about baby products then. I'm still not passionate about baby products now. Sure. And it's not like I was helping the world. I was helping me and my team and my manufacturers and, and Amazon. And that's about it. And with FreeUp, I kind of had a, a very different experience. I've been able to help a lot of business owners scale and, and accomplish their dream. I've been able to go on podcasts and, and share my message and hopefully teach people and help them regardless of whether they use my service. And on the freelancer side, I have people showing me their freelancer business or their houses, their cars, what they were able to pay for that money. And so with that money. So for me, I, I've kind of learned that, that the reward of helping lots of people while you also go up mm. is a lot more rewarding than just getting rich yourself. And that's what I would really preach to my younger self. That's awesome. Good deal. So is this how you thought it would all turn out? <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing's <laughs> how you thought. I mean, if you had told me 
12 years ago that I'd be selling baby products on Amazon, I wouldn't have believed you. If you had mm. told me five years into the Amazon business, I'd be running a freelancer marketplace, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> Who knows what's, what's in store next? So, I mean, it's part of the fun of being an entrepreneur is just trying new things. And, and I've had plenty of ideas that didn't, the market, I, I pretty much read the market, right? I'll, I'll try different things and what works, I'll put more money and more time into it. And what doesn't work, it, I don't put time into it. And, sure. and got to baby products I kind of how I got to free up and there were some smaller failed ideas nothing crazy in there because the market wasn't reading the right way and and that's kind of what I'm all about experimenting that's awesome good deal so what's one key takeaway from our conversation that you'd like to kind of leave with our listeners in regards to what they can do you know for their clients experience in their business the core of your business just has to be customer service. And I was privileged enough to, I was an intern at Firestone and they put me through really intense customer service training. And I think that's been the core of my Amazon business. It's been the core of FreeUp. And I think it really should be the core of every business because think about how many big companies out there. You're not going to be able to compete with them on software. You're not going to be able to compete with them on, on talent they can hire. They have much bigger budgets. You can always compete on customer service and there's really mm. no substitute for it. And if you can focus on what my customers like and what they don't like and create your systems and processes to be everything they like and more and exceed those expectations. And when you make a mistake, which every startup does at some point, it's going to happen. You own up for it, own up to it and you make it right and you fix it going forward. That's how you can expand any business, no matter what it is. I love it. Cool. So are there any exciting things coming up? Uh, in FreeUp's future and your future that you'd like our listeners to know about? So we just launched our agency program. So we've, we've had agencies on the platform before, but this is a little bit more enterprise and we're doing a lot more vetting and making sure that we're getting top-notch agencies on the platform. Um, we know there's a lot of agencies out there um, and it, sometimes it can be tough to figure out who's good, who's bad. Um, and you could spend a lot of money hiring the wrong agency. So sure. we've launched this enterprise program where we have a select group of agencies in each category, whether it's PPC, SEO, Amazon, whatever it is, you don't even have to submit a request. You can just contact us and we'll put you in touch with that agency. And we vetted them. We, we have your back. We, we want to make sure you have a good experience. Um, so we're really excited to launch that as well. That's great. So how can our listeners kind of keep up with you, keep up with uh, free up and kind of follow your journey? What's the yeah, best so, way for them to connect, I guess? <laughs> so go to freeup.com with three E's. My calendar is right at the top. If you ever want to meet with me about your business, how, how you can hire and all that or use free up on there, um, create a free account, mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. We'd love to help you with your needs. Um, the free up blog, the free up YouTube channel. You can follow me on all social media channels. We post a lot of great content about entrepreneurship, about hiring, about growing and scaling your business. And we'd love to be a great resource for you one way or another. Very cool. Nate, I appreciate your time. And it's clear that you keep customer experience and customer service at the core of your business. And that's a, that's a key part. And so I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for hopping on the podcast with me. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Of course. Thank you for listening in on another episode of the Client Experience Architect podcast. As always, we'd love to get your feedback, what you thought about the content, if you pulled out any nuggets to implement, things like that. You can also head over to clientexperiencearchitect.com to find the show notes and a place to leave some feedback. Please let us know what you'd like to hear more of, and if you liked the show, we'd appreciate you sharing it with others and leaving a review on iTunes. Doing that will help more people gain key insights as well. And remember, if you're gonna have fans, why not make them raving? 
And with that, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. Have an awesome day.